Genre. Welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character in a great story, except when we don't. I am Joe Dorowski, and this week we are exploring canceled TV shows that we would like to revive. And joining us for this game that we're going to play about this is returning guest Brandon Ushio. Welcome back, Brandon. This is my first game on Protagonist Podcast. I'm excited. Oh, really? Because we've played games, but I guess it was on other podcasts, right? Yes, I think you've been on my shows to do games in the past, Mm -hmm. but... I've always come on to talk about something with you guys here. So I'm excited about this. Oh, I'm excited. Wow. Too. And as is often the case when we're playing a game, producer Andrew will be judging the outcome of this game. So mm-hmm. Andrew, thank you for stepping into the role. Let's be honest. He judges us silently anyway. Oh, it's true. Just sometimes <laughs> I get to report on it. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's often like muttering his judgments <laughs> as he edits the episodes. To Stupid podcasters, quit tapping the microphone. Don't hit the mute button when you cough. <laughs> that sounds like someone who's edited some podcasts, uh, sharing some of their, their own insights. Well, the Maybe. game we're going to play is going to involve us drafting shows that we felt were canceled too soon. And Andrew, at the end of this, is going to look at our teams of shows and greenlight, not revivals, but magical next seasons of all the shows. So we're not going head to head. We're just going to have a team of, well, somewhere between five and ten shows, uh, depending on how long we ramble on about each show that we pick. And then Andrew's going to pick which of those groups he wants to greenlight. And as I said, magically in this world, what is greenlighting for the protagonist podcast streaming network is uh, the next season as though the show had never been canceled. So all the actors would return. The showrunners would return with the caveat that if there are any actors, actresses or showrunners who are now perhaps acknowledged to have been problematic in ways they were not when these shows were being made, they would be replaced in this process. And But no one would notice. It would be a seamless transition from season two to three or three to four or whatever it is. See, this yeah. is the technology that all streaming services are aiming to have. I'm sure to be able <laughs> to replace the actors seamlessly. I, th- I think what this is, is we're just grabbing a multiverse version of the season where we're just watching the season that happened in some other dimension where, where the show carried on for the next season. The other caveat that we made is that these shows have to have run for three seasons or fewer, but feel like it needed more. Like it didn't wrap up in season three. It just stopped at season three. If we, if we got to three seasons, uh, and so all of these will be shorter lived shows that fans wish there had been more of. And now we're going to get it. Uh, and again, original cast and everything would be in place. This wouldn't be like as some networks are desperately trying to do reminding fans of shows you enjoyed 20 years ago with all the actors coming back 20 years later. And we're just peeking in at where they're at. Um, and this was an interesting exercise for me to go through these. I will say, if you start Googling shows that were canceled too, sh- too, too soon, there are a few that are at the top of everyone's list <laughs> that come up. So I anticipate some of those will be taken uh, in this draft, particularly since we are adding that magical caveat that if a showrunner turns out to have been a hu- horrible human being, they would no longer be the, the showrunner if we, if we pick one of these shows. I'm not going to go into any details on that, but just keep that in your head, listeners, as we're going through. I'm sure uh, no one can figure out what you're talking about there, Joe. No one is already like thinking, oh, I would revive that, but uh, oh, okay. Now now it's all right to go ahead and revive that one. Andrew, as is tradition, would you like to help us pick who will be drafting first? 
Uh, yes. <laughs> I think I caught producer Andrew off guard with that request. Flip a child. They they always land on their feet though. Oh wait, that's okay. the cat. <laughs> I've 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 got. This is going to feel like a very obscure pull, and I'm not sure you're going to believe me. This is called a, a hair tie cutter. Is um, this for when hairs get tangled around your, you know, in your child's hair tie? These are for the little tiny rubber it's bands the, that the small fingers hair don't fit through, right? That, it's, it's for the little hair ties when you need to remove them from your, your young daughter's hair. And there's like, these are really, really cheap plasticky rubber ones that there's just no point trying to like reuse it anyway. It's like for single use hair ties would, is how yes, I, would I know what you're it. talking about. And my wife, I have I have asked for a product like this. And my wife says they don't make it. You're just supposed to take them out with your fingers. And I'm like, but my fingers are too big. You have just changed my life. Andrew. My, my wife has a hair tie cutter. And if you want, I will. I'll, I'll post a link in the in the show notes for you in our show notes, <laughs> not in the actual show notes for listeners. <laughs> but it has a, a distinguishable, you know, two sides. So I'm going to flip it. Um, Brandon, as the guest, you can choose the uh, adorned side or the the plain side. Well, you know I'm fancy, so I'm going to have to go with the adorned side. The adorned side has landed down. So, Joseph, you get to choose whether you go first or Brandon goes first. I, I think I'll go ahead and go first. <laughs> um, are we going to go uh, the snake fashion where uh, Brandon picks two and three? Um. Brandon, do you feel a need for that? Do you feel so intense? No, I, th- I think we, I think we can alternate. Pick. The first pick th- doesn't feel so powerful in this one. I, I don't think I'm good enough at strategizing to take advantage of that the way it needs to be taken advantage of. So let's just alternate. All right. Then I am going to take one that I had not included on my list until we came up with that caveat about the moral ter- turpitude <laughs> clause removing... <laughs> Anyone who is um, please tell me that was not on your list. I cannot believe that was not on your list. Oh, it was on my list, but uh, with an asterisk of I can't take this, but now I can. I'm going to take Firefly. <laughs> you you would have talked about it in the in the bonus round. Yeah, it would it would have been in bringing out my dad. I, I would have said. I mean, I I was guessing you were going to take it if if I had really left it there. I was going back and forth on this, but this is a, a TV show that tops most lists. Would you Google uh, shows that were canceled too soon or anything like that? Um, and it is the Space Western from two thousand two to two thousand three uh, that was badly mishandled by the Fox Network. Uh, in its original airing and as such it only aired for one season but its fans were devoted enough that it did get a movie to wrap up uh, many of the plot lines that it had introduced it's very rare that you get a tv show canceled after one season that's going to get a full budgeted feature film (laughs) Um, and yet firefly is an instance of that and it still has those devoted fans it has uh, nathan fillion turning on the charm uh, as the lead rogue really uh, of a group of rogues like they're all they're all just rogues <laughs> um, but uh but this is a beloved cult classic that aired too few episodes and if we could get back the original cast exactly as they were and uh just just tell more adventures of them in outer space i think that would be delightful so the number one, number one pick is firefly it would have a new showrunner in this in this version do you what what would you say if i told you that was not going to be on my list at all like i thought about it but i was like nope i don't think i need to put that on there uh were you assuming i was going to take it (laughs) well yes that too that too but i was like i had this thought in my head of if i go first do i take firefly because i knew that'd be the top round pick Mm -hmm. however i personally like the caveat of 
it's just going to pick up at the next season and we're just going to go. Yeah. That to me, season two of Firefly is not as interesting as a, uh, Caprica style reboot where it's right, what else is going on in the universe? Because because uh, okay. af- after the movie, there's going to be a pretty big power vacuum going on. And I'd be mm-hmm. interested to see what machinations people have in that universe to take control of things. So anyway, I, because of that reason, I was not going to pick that, but I also knew because you were going to pick it that I could share my opinions about that. (laughs) That's funny that we both almost didn't take it and it was going to be left on the table. (laughs) I also think that for Firefly, there's still a sense of like, oh man, I wish, but I feel like it's a more of a a wistful wish now than it was like 10 years ago. People were like, maybe we can actually bring it back. Like maybe this could really happen. And, And I don't think anyone really thinks that heavily about it now, but also like, we've had some some great careers out of the people from firefly mm-hmm. that it like i think i think people would feel bad if they couldn't have castle because they got more firefly yeah it it gave those stars a chance to show off their chops mm-hmm. and then not get typecast into into the specific role. Now, I mean, right. Nathan Fillion is always going to have that roguish charm, no matter he, where he's, he's at. He's always a little bit of Nathan Fillion in every role I've ever seen him in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you're going to see other the others have a chance to shine and yeah. uh, and Alan experience other be shows. A, a chicken in Moana. <laughs> and, imagine imagine not getting that performance. <laughs> yes. Exactly, exactly. No, but Zoe uh, goes on to become a high powered lawyer in suits so mm-hmm. i mean it, that was an interesting dynamic to see there similar but different it was it, you're right the careers spawned from that I, I think we got a good deal out of that yeah all right brandon what will be your top pick then all right so my top pick is a science fiction show that was beloved by fans now this is a theme like as i was going through my list of shows that were canceled too soon so many of them are science fiction shows and uh, but this one was beloved by fans enough that uh, after like letter writing campaigns and people who just wanted to see more of this, they got a movie out of the deal. This show is called Star Trek, and we now lovingly now, refer to hey, it as the original okay, series. Okay, I was this close to making that my first pick, but I thought I'm safe to take Firefly. Star Trek was my original first pick. <laughs> Star Trek, the original series was the top of my list. As soon as you said three seasons, I'm like, I can pick Star Trek. All That's right. why I said three seasons was for Star Trek, the original series. I can't believe you took it from me. I mean, imagine the spinoff possibilities that you have with this show. Like your streaming network is set. If you can maintain the rights, you might be able to do like some kind of a next generation type thing. I had written a little monologue about why I wanted Star Trek season four. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, Joe, Joe, let's, let's hear your Star Trek season four monologue. Okay. I don't want films telling bigger stories with these characters. I don't want reimaginations where they're all actually cool. I want another season where William Shatner is Hamily acting to the back row of the camera. I want another season where in one episode, you're going to get a very thoughtful allegory using science fiction to comment on society. And in the next episode, they're visiting a planet that is based on the Aztec empire because some writer had read a book about the Aztecs recently. There's no other reason. (laughs) I want another episode where it's a, a 
crew member has an encounter with a godlike being. It's our 18th godlike being of the original series. But then the next episode, you're back to a very thoughtful science fiction allegory. I want all of that. I don't want the coolified versions of Captain Kirk and Spock and all these things. I want more episodic chapters of these people having 48 minute long adventures. Yes. And for that reason, my entire slate should be per- purchased. Uh, <laughs> but no, have you, okay. Now that you've brought up all those things, have you seen strange new worlds? I have not started it yet. You need to watch strange new worlds. Uh, it, it, it is very much new, but old in the, in that vein of things. So, um, yes, that is Star Trek, the original series. It's as soon as you said three seasons, like I can do Star Trek. I will do Star Trek. Star Trek is mine. It was always meant to be my first pick. <laughs> I was giggling to myself when I said three seasons thinking I'm reaching back to the 60s. No one's going to see this coming. <laughs> <laughs> Remember who I am. Remember who I am. All right. OK. All right. This is frustrating. <laughs> But it's okay. That I respect that pick. That was a uh, a really good pick there. Um, where okay, you know what? If you are taking Star Trek, I am going to play to the judge <laughs> with my next pick. I think I know <laughs> what this pick's going to be. Oh well, now I hope it's the right one. <clears throat> I am going to be taking. From Fox's Saturday morning cartoon lineup of 1994 oh, through 1996, The Tick, which also ran oh, for three seasons. I thought about that one. Superhero TV shows that has ever been made and only ran for three seasons, which was tragically mm-hmm. too short. Mm-hmm. Spoon! So The Tick is a, a parody of uh, the superhero genre, which in the early 90s, yes, you could find lots of superhero TV shows, but superheroes were not saturating pop culture the way they are now, it feels like this kind of parody would be better served today <laughs> than it was in the 1990s. Uh, and yet the, I know Amazon did a live action uh, version that I heard some good things about, but I have not watched and certainly didn't seem to capture um, a huge audience. There was also a live action version on Fox in the late nineties. I'm pretty sure that With only Patrick ran for season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I think like one or two seasons. So it seems like the tick is destined for, for one to three seasons. Um, is all that it seems to be able to get. But I feel like this cartoon would really hit very well for contemporary audiences today. Uh, and what it was doing in the 90s was great. I actually don't think you need to change anything. So let's just get a season four happening. I feel like the... Have, have you ever seen the How It Should Have Ended Cafe videos on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm familiar with them. Uh, I have not seen any for Tick or anything like that. Oh, well, no, I, I don't know that there are any for Tick. But that whole concept, I feel like I don't remember the tick perfectly, but I remember a lot of scenes where they're sitting in the coffee shop, cafe, wherever they're at. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because I saw the same episode 15 times kind of like because a that's how diner situation. Yes. Yes. And I'm like superheroes sitting around a cap sitting around a cafe table, having coffee. That just seems to me to be something that just is the juxta- perfect juxtaposition of normal and not normal. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it was just something obviously that has stuck in my brain since then. So I love the tick. That's, that's well, a great pick. It's, it's really phenomenal for being a 90s show and being as, as, as effective a deconstruction and satire as it was, because like, I think we really hit a stride for superhero deconstruction on TV 
in in the last couple of years because Amazon's got like the boys and, and uh, um and and Invincible, which are both yeah adaptations of comic books that are doing superhero deconstruction. And the Tick wasn't really like a, it, it's not an adaptation of a comic book, is it? It is. It is a. a I mean, it was a small independent press. Oh, okay. Um, so parody, a much, like a much and smaller. white sold at Comic Cons. Uh, I'm pretty sure is where where it got its start. So so a much smaller footprint mm-hmm. for the original work compared to what Amazon's got going on now. But it was also a doing, I mean, kind of like a sharper deconstruction because it's deconstructing like the chipper days of superheroes as much as it's deconstructing the nineties of superheroes Mm -hmm. and, and the boys and, and invincible and, you know, like the more modern deconstructions really just go very heavy on like the violence and, and how, how grotesque the world would be with superheroes. And the tick has simultaneously like a jab at the earnestness, but also some authentic earnestness about it. Yeah. Uh, and so, so it does have some of that uh, like silver age feel to it uh, yes. in how it's being presented. And like you said, it's rides that line between just making fun of that, but also like you, you feel like it's, it's kind of respecting that a little bit <laughs> within it, which is a tricky line for parodies to walk, but I think it does it pretty well. Completely right. agree. That's It's one of those, it's one of those shows that does a good job at what it is. Mm-hmm. Brandon, what is your next pick? And if you take something, I know I'm stealing something from you. Oh, oh. I've, I've known you for long enough to know that this has got to be on your list. <laughs> uh, this show is touted as a forensic fairy tale. It stars Lee Pace as a character <gasps> named Ned. No. <laughs> Joseph, I, I can feel the fury through the internet. <sighs> okay. Oh, Ned is a pie maker who has the ability to bring dead things back to life, which saves him a fortune on uh, fruits because he can just buy rotted dead fruit and touch it. And brings it back to life. The trick and the secret to his powers, though, is if he touches it again, that's it dies again, right? And so all of a sudden, you know, that's there's a, okay. There's a there's a practicality to it, but he brings his childhood crush back to life and can never touch her again because he would kill her. But however, it does make a good uh, a good tool for law enforcement to use when they're trying to solve murders. So, the reason I think that uh, that I didn't even say the name of the show, Pushing Daisies, should be the should be on this slate, is because and should be just brought back right now. The cast was perfect. I'm so glad that we can bring the cast back. And we don't have to deal with any of that. Uh, but it's also just it's absurd. It's a, it's, it's a, it's quirky, it's weird, but it's positive too. While being a little dark, it's still very upbeat. It's so bright and lovely. Bright and lovely. The characters are chipper. There's lots of colors. Oh, there's the narration uh, by uh, Jim Dale. By Jim Dale. Yeah. Jim Dale's narration that uh, to me, that's what turns it into the fairy tale, right? Like Jim Dale could narrate anybody's life and it would turn into a fairy tale because he just has that voice. Okay. I am not kidding. <clears throat> My one, two going into this were Star Trek and then pushing daisies. And then I opted to steal Firefly because we made that new caveat. And then as a play to Andrew, I took the tick <laughs> thinking <laughs> this, this would <laughs> really uh, help me, you know, game the system here. 
so you've taken my top two picks, even though I got to pick first. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I here's the thing, like this one. So I didn't think you were going to pick Star Trek as number one simply because I've heard you guys talk about Star Trek before you enjoy it. But it's not like one of your main fandoms. Uh, my main fandoms are all the star things: Star Trek, Star Wars, Stargate. Uh, you know, so those those three are probably my top three. And uh, and so I thought, you know, I don't think Joe's going to pick Star Trek, but I knew you were going to pick this. So that's so Star Trek. I just wanted to play off of the fact that like Firefly or Firefly, like Star Trek, it had that it had that massive fan appeal that brought it to the movies. Uh, pushing daisies was completely strategic because I knew this had to be on your list somewhere, but it's obscure enough that I thought maybe you wouldn't think that I was going to pick it. Mm. Joseph is, is pushing daisies. We haven't talked about pushing daisies. Have we? No, we haven't. Is it your favorite show that we haven't talked about? Um, I'm trying to, I mean, there, there's stuff that I keep thinking we've talked about. And then I go double check. We haven't pushing daisies would be up there of ones that I would have expected us to have covered. Uh, that that we haven't. Um, I love so much about pushing daisies, uh, especially so, yeah. because if as a long time listener, I think I've been listening to since like episode twelve or something like that. You guys, you specifically, Joe, bring up pushing daisies in comparison to things a all lot, the <laughs> all the time. <laughs> that's how I knew you were picking it. Maybe it's like the most frequently mentioned thing that, has that we have actually, not yet that we haven't actually covered. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably definitely. Yeah, I'm comfortable with that. That guess. <laughs> I can't think of anything else I would put it up there. All right, I'm gonna make a note to cover pushing daisies before the end of the year. <laughs> before uh, I steal that one too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for my next one, I am gonna go back to the early '90s for a one-season show that blended. The West, <laughs> the cowboy genre, uh, but with kind of a steampunk and weird science situation. Briscoe County Junior, mm-hmm. which uh, Andrew, mm. did you ever watch that one? I, I, I know it was. It was on sometimes, but probably didn't like hold enough of my interest. Yeah. So but 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 like I know the name Briscoe County Junior. It was mm-hmm. a show that you guys would talk about. I didn't know it had quite so much steampunk. But I always yep. thought of it just as a Western show and and as a great name. It is the full name is The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. It starred Bruce Campbell as the lead um, uh, as a this is going to be hard to believe a sardonic rogue. Um, <laughs> 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 that is uh, let's see. I, I'm looking up on uh, how it gets described here on Wikipedia. I didn't I don't remember this, but he is a Harvard educated lawyer turned bounty hunter in, in the old West. In the old west, uh, but uh, there is uh, definitely weird science happening with this and steampunk this stuff going on uh, throughout. Um, and so it's a like a mishmash of genres uh, is taking place, uh, which is something I always enjoy. Uh, I, I think it's that that blend of tones that Pushing Daisies hits of like police procedural slash uh, romance slash. Um, Tim Burton, <laughs> um, you know, all the, all those things, uh, it, th- that really tickles me with that. And uh, Briscoe County Jr. Uh, does a lot of that genre blending and Bruce Campbell. He's one of those actors that I th- keep thinking has like 
is going to lead like the next great thing. <laughs> and, and he ends up, he, his lot in life seems to be a side character very often uh, <laughs> to another show. And this was his chance to be the lead uh, and, and carry it. And I think he has the charisma to do it. It just somehow didn't quite click with audiences uh, in the, in the early nineties. So I would be green lighting season two of the adventures of Briscoe County jr. Now I just have to ask you, are your picks for shows all based off of characters who have great chins? <laughs> I, there, there are some significant uh, prominence between Briscoe County Jr., The Tick, and uh, and Firefly of <laughs> some of the chins here. I hadn't hadn't spotted that that thread, but there it is. All right, so so it's not on the criteria, but it's a happy accident. Yeah, happy accident. Uh, I, again, I was supposed to have Star Trek: The Original Series and Pushing Daisies at this point, <laughs> which are not not notable for the strong jawlines. <laughs> Oh, I, mean, I would say Lee Pace has a, a weak jawline, but it's no Bruce Campbell situation that we're talking about. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Uh, Bruce, I don't know. Briscoe County Jr. I've only seen a couple episodes of it, but I enjoyed it. And I enjoy Bruce Campbell's acting. Um, I've heard from some reputable sources. He's not the most pleasant person to be around. But, oh, that's unfortunate. But he's, uh, but, you know, he always plays the the guy that I always, the, the sidekick, the character with the attitude that I always like. So mm-hmm. uh, I, that's one that it's been on my list to watch actually. And so I should, I should do that. I'm not sure where it would, where it would be. <laughs> that's the other thing. Is, like, oh, it's like, the internet. You can find something yeah, on the there, internet. There's all greater the time. access to everything than in history, but also sometimes it's like, do I have that service? <laughs> Just watch.com. Great resource um, to tell you where things it's, are at. It's so helpful, but also you have to keep checking. Like, if you saw that it was on a streaming service last week, you have to check again before you try to watch it this week. Because true. Things, it always changes. Things are jumping around. I have been burned when trying to pull up a, a, an episode or something to show to my class. It's like, oh, it's not on the streaming service anymore. Okay. It was last semester. <laughs> so. All right. My next pick, and this is because every streaming service nowadays has to have one of these. I'm going to pick a superhero show. Okay. But... And you and you might be thinking that I might be going for the Marvel shows, you know. It's gonna be a Daredevil pick, or yeah, you know, you know, because because those super popular, huge fan bases. But here's the thing: I don't want to get get into a licensing deal with Disney because, like they proved with Netflix, they could just like yank the licenses away from you at any time and just kind of screw over your your whole plan. So we don't want to get in bed with the Marvel arm of Disney. We, We. there was a, a television show that ran in the 2010-2011 television series uh, about superheroes. Now, ABC. So there was, there was, so there is going to be some Disney influence in that, but eh, I, I think they would let this one go. Uh, this show is called No Ordinary Family. It lasted for one season, and it focuses on the Powell family, who's just your normal everyday American family, uh, who who gets superpowers after a plane crash in the Amazon. So, and this was before Amazon was a big warehouse, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the rainforest, the rainforest. So, yes, this is my ad for this. Yeah. And Michael Chiklis. Uh, what's her name from, uh, from angel, uh, uh Julie uh, Benz. Yes. She was, uh, she was uh, on angel as well. So yeah, I, I remember the yeah. ads thinking, Oh, I should check that out. And then it only ran one season, so I never did. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was a great show. It was entertaining. This is as close to I I have ever gotten to a live action Incredibles ever because you've got your fa- you you've got your family <laughs> dynamic, you got your superheroes, 
Um, you know, and the Incredibles is as close to a modern fantastic four movie, like you were saying. So this is, it just hits all of the buttons that I would want to have hit. There were some weird things in it, but it was an ABC superhero movie or superhero TV show. Uh, you know, it ran for 20 episodes. Um, there were some twists and turns, but you know, I enjoyed it. it. It had some coming of age story in it. It had family dynamics in it. It had what's going on with these superpowers. I've always done. I've always enjoyed stories that contain one of those elements. And this one kind of threw them all together. So this would give you an opportunity to have a superhero show that is not tied to Marvel and the mouse's machinations for that. I like your uh, behind the scenes reasoning because um, <clears throat> obviously that is a key ca- uh, caveat in all our decision making <laughs> is the the business side logistics. Of rebooting we can bring these- people back from the dead. We can time travel, whatever we need to do, but we can't deal with Disney's legal. That's what that's what I'm trying to say here. Okay. Um, all right. So thus far, I have Firefly, the Tick, and Briscoe County Junior, and you have Star Trek: The Original Series, Pushing Daisies, and No Ordinary Family. All right, I am going to take a show that has been revived for a film and then a shortened season, uh, but having to do time jumps later on because of the, uh, you know, natural progression of time for the cast. (laughs) Uh, But I would like to see just a straight up season four of Veronica Mars continuing her time in college. Uh, This is the uh, teen noir show. Uh, that began with Veronica Mars as a private detective in high school uh, and then transitioned in the third season. She is in college and uh, there was a pitch. I know I saw like, I think there's like a 10 minute uh, uh, concept reel of uh, that. They, they pitched her for season four was just going to jump ahead to her working for the CIA, uh, but that wasn't picked up. And then later on, they crowdfunded a movie to uh, wrap up a whole bunch of the storylines that was made. And then I think it was Hulu greenlit a fourth season with a small number of episodes that is with her as an adult. Uh, but I I think the magic was this blend of private eye and coming of age and the, the forced nature of us jumping ahead so far um, removes a little bit of what made Veronica Mars special uh, as the teen noir show. Uh, now this is a this is a show that I have not seen, despite people telling me, and I know he's listening right now, and be like, I can't believe you still haven't seen it. Sorry, Nick, I haven't watched it yet. Um, <laughs> but it does it hold up today? Do you think? I haven't gone and revisited it for for years, so I need to. We talked but... about it on the podcast at some point. Yeah, yeah, we did an episode on the podcast for sure, and that was the last time I watched any of it. Um, That's probably seven years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, we've been going for a while. Um, but I, I think the, I, I mean, my memories of what, what I have definitely, I, I think it would still hold up and it does get into, uh, headier issues or, or more serious issues, even though it is a tween teen noir, like it does deal with, um, issues that are sadly still very relevant in terms of, uh, child abuse and things like that. Uh, you know, that, that get touched on in a responsible way on the show. I think, I mean, it's the heightened reality of, of, a of a drama on the CW. Uh, but they were, um, you know, deal, dealing with stuff that I think would still resonate with an audience today. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it on my list. I don't know when I'm going to find time to watch it, but I'll keep it on my list. <laughs> And All I right, just want to say, I'm saying that 
without having gone and rewatched it in probably a decade for the the whole series. So maybe some stuff doesn't hold up as well. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so my next pick is, and this is where we're starting to get into a what? Okay, which one do I pick next? Because I don't exactly know which one I wanted to do next. And the one that I just thought that I was going to do, I'm going to change that right now. Because you know what every streaming service needs? It needs a television show with dinosaurs. And I know I've done a lot of science fiction shows already, but you know, that's what the people like that gets canceled. It creates rabid fan bases. Uh, We are talking about a television show that ran in 2011 called Terra Nova. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I remember this one. Mm -hmm. This was on Fox and it was, you know, it it starts out basically in a dystopian future. They running out of resources. The air is not safe to breathe. It's it's really a miserable place to go. And then they find a I can't remember the exact premise of what they have, but they've they've got some time travel wormhole type thing. Um, And they and they are able to go through time, go back in time to earth in the dinosaur days. But, and they tried to, well, they didn't try. They started hinting at like, okay, this is the same timeline, but it's a different timeline. Like we can't, we're not going to change the future by, you know, we're not going to make ourselves not exist by leaving technology for cavemen to find and stuff like that. Uh, But, you know, they are future humans living in a dinosaur infested world infested, uh, you know, that was their world. Right. Uh, but in a world with dinosaurs and they have to figure out, you know, there's a very militaristic vibe and a very non-militaristic. It's the balance between that as in are in so many like colony type shows. And, uh, so they, so this show is just, was just really entertaining. It had dinosaurs. It had futuristic stuff uh, and it had family drama. I'm, I'm, I'm there for the family drama, but then all of the sudden, uh, it was canceled and, you know, a lot of the same producers, uh, and showrunner or not showrunners, but, uh, people on the film crew as from Jurassic park, like mm-hmm. they had fences around the, the compound and though those were actually, uh, leftovers from the inventory of Jurassic Park. (laughs) So, I mean, they've already stood up against dinosaurs. I don't know how effectively, but, you know, so it's just, it was just an entertaining show that was canceled. And tell me what little boy does not, and girl, like I'm, I'm, it's, it's for everyone who doesn't love a a good dinosaur story. So that's going to get a whole nother type of person into your streaming service. Good show and dinosaurs. I just watched my kids love dinosaurs. I just watched Jurassic Park with my 13 year old daughter for the first time. And it reminded me of what good dinosaur shows are. (laughs) (laughs) There's been some not so great ones (laughs) that have been made. Not this one. I tell you, this one's a good one. All right. All right. That's a good one. (laughs) Well, when you started this, I was like, I think I checked dinosaurs. I thought it ran for four seasons. Uh, But no, okay. You were going a different direction. All right, Terra Nova for you. Okay, uh, for my next pick, I'm going to once again be dipping into the genre blend, and I'm going to be taking a show that mixed musicals and law. 
I will be taking Eli Stone, which ran for two seasons from 2008 to 2009. Uh, Eli Stone starred, uh, uh, oh, Johnny Lee Miller uh, as a uh, lawyer who begins to, I, I think because of a brain aneurysm, he starts to hear uh, songs. It's it's kind of like the, like, uh, Zoe's extraordinary playlist. They like give you a hand wavy reason that he's hearing songs, and then you just move on and accept that in this world he hears songs. <laughs> um, and so it's a jukebox musical slash law uh, procedural, starring Johnny Lee Miller. That um, also had oh, who else was in the cast? I just remember the cast was good. I'm going to look it up real quick. Uh, had Natasha Henstridge uh, and um, Victor Garber uh, was in it, uh, and he's he's great in basically everything uh that i've ever seen uh tom kavanaugh showed up uh in it so yeah tarachi p henson uh was in it as well so really great cast um oh and sigourney weaver uh showed up i I, the note here is as therapist and god (laughs) sigourney weaver was showing up in in eli stone uh i i I just enjoyed the tone that the show was hitting which was so different than anything else uh that that you could find on TV at the time, and I would probably say uh, to to this day. So I'm going to take Eli Stone with the next pick. Is this a show that? Okay, so outside of our fantasy, we can revive or we can bring back these shows for the next season. Is this one that ends on a cliffhanger? Like, if I watch this, am I going to be disappointed? I think the season two finale. My memory is that it didn't. Um, let's see. I'm just glancing at what it says. It, it doesn't necessarily say. Um, so, um, so the ending wasn't necessarily super strong enough that you remember it, but the yeah. show itself was entertaining. Exactly. Um, okay. But it also, my memory is that it was fun in the episodic way, not in like a grand mythology way. Like I'm not waiting for the payoff of things. It's like, how is his ability to hear songs that are revealing uh, clues to him being given to him by the universe <laughs> going to help him solve the next crime? Not, uh, you know, the lost, like, why are they on this island kind of plot being driven. Okay, all right. So all right. so I think the, the charm was in the episodic storylines, not anything that ran through the whole series that had to be wrapped up. Now, that is something that I miss tremendously about modern television. And I think some people are starting, some production companies are starting oh. to figure that out. Did how you see, to do uh, both? Uh, Alan Seppenwall was just tweeting about this. Uh, oh. He's a TV critic that I very much enjoy. Um, I did not see this. Let me go find what he said real quick. I think someone else had tweeted out something uh, about like, there's an episode of the OC where one of the main characters decides that he's going to go join the soccer team. And then it's never touched on again. We need more of that in TV shows instead of these. He he was saying like uh, the, the 10 episode seasons where everything is driven by a tightly wound plot. Don't let you have these absurd side stories that happen in a 22 to 27 episode season. Right. There, there's no one-off episodes anymore. Now, like like I said, there's a balance to this because, you know, the episodic nature of television came about because TiVo wasn't a thing and it was all appointment viewing. And then when everything became DVRs and then uh, streaming on top of that, you know, show showrunners were like, hey, we can do a 12-hour movie instead of a instead of a one-hour episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh Oh, I'm trying to see real quick if I can find it. But Alan Zebowell was essentially saying, like, sometimes these one-off episodes are going are to work, but sometimes they're going to be great. And uh, having everything be driven by the overall mythology is 
it can work for some shows, but it shouldn't be every show that's being made. And it kind of is right now. Completely agree with that. Yeah. And because I agree with that, it must mean that he's right. Because yeah, that's how the internet works, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, are we ready for my next show? Yeah, I'm not seeing that that Twitter yeah. thread that I was looking at earlier today. If I if I find it, we'll bring it back. We'll come back around to it at the end of the episode. Through the magic of editing. Mm-hmm. All right. So, like I said, this is where we start to get into a little bit of a rough uh, decision for where I'm going to go with. Uh, this one, I'm going to pick a uh, medical examiner type show uh, starring Ian Grufford. Uh, <gasps> I know where you're going I, with this. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. 2014, there was a show named I Forever. This entire, this entire season. Series. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, one season, know, right? As it, as it was coming out. Yeah, and so this was this was a great show. It stars Ian Grufford, uh, Alana de I'm going to butcher her name De La Garza, uh, Donnie Kasharas, mm-hmm. Judd Hirsch. Ian Ian Grufford and Judd Hirsch's uh, relationship with each other on screen was just there was so much chemistry. But the I premise of this show is that Ian Grufford is in forever. I, I, I'm probably saying that wrong too, uh, because there's lots of consonants and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but he is a New York City medical examiner who uh, is immortal. Every time that he dies, uh, and it started about 200 years previously. So every time that he dies, he comes back to life completely naked in a nearby body of water. So in New York, there you know there's a river or a beach somewhere, and they're not always they're not always very nice places. And he will be walking out of them buck naked. It was a it was a thing on the show a couple times. Um, but he's able, you know, he was a doctor on a slave ship and he was like opposed to a bunch of the, uh, the way that the slaves were being treated and things like that. Um, but he and his wife who grew older and died because she was not immortal, um, in world war two times, uh, found, he found a, a baby during world war two, uh, during the war and raised him. And this is who. Uh, and this is his son who's played by Judd Hirsch. His name is Abe and he grows up. And so now he's like two, maybe three times, nah, probably two times as old as his dad. And they have this back and forth relationship and he can't tell anyone this is my dad because he's younger. So there's the quirkiness of immortality involved with the medical examiner show. Uh, then, and this one also 2014 is about the time where these uh, series long, plots started coming through and there's another time traveler who's been around for 2000 years that he's trying to figure out or another, another immortal. Uh, oh yeah. Sorry. I said time traveler Im- immortal. Technically immortals are time travelers. They can just only go one way. I mean, and it takes them a long time, time traveler, but it takes them a long time to get thousands of years in the future. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, cause he, he's also got to solve the mystery of how he became immortal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, forever that, that is this, it's got some romance. It's got some medical examiner stuff. It's got some legal stuff and it's got some sci-fi, a little bit of something for everybody. All right. I, I, I watched that, that show as well. And I would have loved a second season. So I enjoy that pick. I found the Alan Sepinwall tweets. 
Uh, he said, so the original tweet is from someone named Luke Winky who said, we need to bring back 27 episode television seasons. I'm tired of the eight episode seasons where everything matters. There's an episode of the OC where Ryan decides he wants to play soccer and it's never mentioned again. I love that. More TV episodes should not matter. And then Alan responds and says, TV seasons should have the room to try things. Sometimes they don't work. Ryan never played soccer again. Sometimes they change everything. The good wife figured out that its central characters should compete with one another instead of outside lawyers. And usually these they're fun. I mean, these kinds of episodes are fun. He says, the more relentlessly story-driven nature of the 10-episode season has really taken away a lot of what can make TV special. Yes, sometimes you get filler episodes, but sometimes those filler episodes involve Hurley, Charlie, Sawyer, and Jin fixing up a van and being awesome. That's a great filler episode of Lost <laughs> involved that plot line. That that could be another special for you, the best filler episodes of all time. <gasps> okay, yeah. That is a good discussion. Or, uh, yeah, we should do that, or we should just throw it over to the Vox Popcast and say, hey, do you want to talk about this? Sometimes I think we steal their format. I think they've noticed. <laughs> um, okay, so currently, uh, your team is Star Trek, the original series, Pushing Daisies, No Ordinary Family, Terra Nova, and Forever. Mine is Firefly, The Tick, Briscoe County Jr., Veronica Mars, and Eli Stone. Uh, we probably have time for one more pick each, maybe two, uh, definitely one, so... Uh, for possibly my last pick, I'm going to be taking a show that I don't know if anyone remembers exists. <laughs> it is a uh, 2000, what year was this? 2010, one season conspiracy theory thriller called Rubicon that aired on AMC. Um, yes. I think this is, uh, do you remember this, Brandon? I do remember this. Yes, it, it, but not, it, I mean, it's kind of obscure, so... Go on. <laughs> I this was like when AMC was doing their like everything is prestige television phase. Uh and so I think there was a lot of budget thrown at the show, which is why it didn't get season two. <laughs> um, but I watched these 13 episodes. It never had a second season. The conspiracy was never fully explained, but I remember being riveted with every hour. Of of you know about thirteen hours of this show uh, that, that that existed, um, and desperately wanting a second season that was going to reveal uh, all the conspiracy. Like we got enough hints and uh, you know threads that it was feeling satisfying as we were moving along, but we just didn't get the full payoff. And uh, if we do get a season two, I want that to be the final season that gives us all the payoffs. <laughs> now, was this the one that took place in New York and somewhere like in Israel or something like that? Uh, I think we get it. So part of it is uh, our main character is a data analyst who's like trying to track information from all over the world. So we do bounce around to several places throughout it. Okay. Now I wonder if some of these were money reasons and some of them were rating reasons and some of them might've just been like people like there may have, it may have been hard to hard to tell these, tell all of these crazy stories. Um, Rubicon was like you said, probably just cost way too much money because of the whole, premier television thing but i i've heard nothing but good things about this um however like it came about at the same time as was this about the same time as the snowden leaks and so uh, there was a bunch yeah. of talk about the analysts and things like that anyway yeah so like a lot it could have been like the, the moment it wasn't the right tone <laughs> for, yes for like the there was this was probably something they've been planning for five years and then all of a sudden current news came about and just messed up their story. Yeah. So, um, like I'm looking at it. Apparently it's uh premiere had huge ratings. It didn't hold on, you know, a ton, but it still like had really good buzz and stuff. And it was getting 
like like I'm on his uh, Wikipedia page. Like it mentions that it was listed in a lot of the the best of the year in television lists from 2010. Uh, but you know, uh, cost is cost. <laughs> it can be really hard uh, to 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 keep paying prestige television if you're not pulling in the the full uh, you know Mad Men style ratings. I guess that is that is true. That is 100. Like like I don't know how. Well, no, we do know. Like the television stations that are funding productions now are Amazon and Netflix, and they aren't just backed by, hey, we're going to be on somebody's cable subscription package. Either they are the entire package themselves, or they have a whole other business uh, arm that funds them. And being able to do like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. We made the joke that we could have done the canceled shows that shouldn't have been uh netflix may 2022 edition <laughs> like <laughs> we could have gotten very specific with this because netflix's business model is a little bit up in the air uh and there's been lots of cuts that have been very painful for people in the in, in the industry but uh also for fans of the the shows that were being made uh at netflix so yeah it's uh there's reasons <laughs> that we don't we, we don't have endless seasons of our favorite shows Okay, I've got to ask a question about the rules. Are we going to be able to uh, just kind of share our list of other shows yeah, that we we'll have possible? Yeah, we'll bring out our dead at the end of just ones that we had maybe in the back pocket. All right, all right. Well, then this this la- this last pick for me um, is well, unless you decide to keep going, I'll, I could do this all night. Uh, <laughs> but this last pick, I'm going to go with something completely absurd. Another superhero show, another one that I don't, I think this one aired on ABC. Uh, No, this one was an NBC one. Pretty sure. I I don't, I don't have that in front of me, but this is one that came out in 2011, which was a great year for canceled shows. Apparently is this this one a beloved uh, show mentioned on community? Probably. Yes, 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 it is. This one, like. (laughs) It's it's absolutely the premise is ridiculous, but Vince Faraday is a cop who's been framed for murder, leading him to fall off the grid and become the superhero known only as the cape. And it's it's ridiculous, but it's got like Keith David in there as a mentor and it's got Summer Clow and it's got, uh, you, you know, David Lyons is the cape, which uh, I don't know if you know or not. this show was absolutely ridiculous. Like the, he uses a cape like, like, like it's a living entity and it's just like, no, a bunch of carnies are just going to teach you how to use a cape to do all sorts of superhero things. So it's, it's kind of like ridiculous Batman meets the fugitive. So it's, so. uh, it's like Dr. Strange's cloak, but not mystically empowered. It's just carnies taught him how to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. It's, uh, like this show, I, I when I as I watched it, I knew how stupid it was, but I couldn't stop watching that entire season. And so, like this is this is a show that will keep people uh, keep people hooked. And there's no there's absolutely no worry about ever jumping the shark with this show because episode one jumps the shark already. <laughs> yeah, this uh, on on Community it becomes a running gag that Abed is a huge fan of this show and is predicting that it's going to run for six seasons in a movie, and six seasons in a movie becomes a hashtag for for Community fans. <laughs> um, 
Oh, when you started to talk about No Ordinary Family, I thought you were taking the cape, and I thought, there's no way he's taking the cape. <laughs> it's a punchline, <laughs> not a show. <laughs> no, but that's what that's what you need. So you need the diversity of of serious shows and completely ridiculous shows so that you can have a little bit of something for everybody. Because, you know, HBO Max, we that's the first one on our chopping block because I'm really the only one who watches stuff on there. But, like, uh, Netflix... And Hulu, they stay because, you know, mom watches some things and the kids watch some things and and dad, I, I watch some things. But, you know, like if it were just me watching it, that would go. But you want to have the diversity of just all over, like catch all kinds of people. I say, as most of mine have been science fiction related shows that lasted for <laughs> a season or two. But still, but still, it, it, it keeps a, keeps a wide diversity going within on. the premise of this. All of our shows have lasted one to three seasons. <laughs> Not, none of them were, were iconic hits. <laughs> I guess some of them became franchises. Star Trek, the original series. Um, all right, Andrew, do you think we should do one more or are you ready to call it right now? I think we should do one more. OK. He just wants to see where I go from the cape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to do one more bit of naked pandering for a vote from Andrew. And I'm going to plug on some more nostalgia heartstrings. And I'm going to take Gargoyles. The Didn't that one get four seasons? I was, sure. was going to say, I thought that had four seasons. I had it down as three. Oh, no. I might have to rethink my pick. Andrew, you got to double check that. This on the, uh, on, this, on this. Let's see. I had it down as three. Let's see. Season, season, season. Three seasons. Three seasons. There's four volumes, though. There's four volumes. Yeah, oh. they, they cut one of the seasons up. <laughs> All right. All right, we'll get it to you. <laughs> uh, Gargoyles, the uh, animated cartoon show about uh, stone gargoyles who at night become living creatures, but once they are touched by uh, daylight, um, turn back into stone. And I just want to see where this thing was going to keep going. Cause by the end of season three, we had like Macbeth running around like Shakespeare's Macbeth <laughs> and, and puck were as, as like, well as the gargoyle Macbeth. Yes. <laughs> uh, like this thing was getting just spaghetti thrown against the wall in the I'm best pretty sure way. they visited Atlantis. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, and if they hadn't season four, they will Andrew. That's what I need you to know. <laughs> When you're when you're debating uh, which of our slates to pick, um, yeah, like just keep bringing in other mythologies, uh, you know, just 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 do uh, a blend of it all, and uh, they they were in that direction, and I just want to see that keep going. That was the show that taught me that a floppy disk could save the world. <laughs> as true today as it was then. <laughs> you 3d printed the save icon what <laughs> uh, i know that meme yes the sad thing is i have a 13 year old and a floppy disk and i asked him what it was and he said it was the save icon <laughs> true story true story I'm, I'm like this can't be real it's real people it is real but well i think i may have said this on the podcast once but uh when i was suggesting something for us to watch with my daughter she said is this old and i said well what do you count as old and she said did wi-fi exist when it was made oh <laughs> oh <laughs> oh that, that that just hurts that just hurts <laughs> like well how is wi-fi your benchmark but it was <laughs> well think about it veronica mars to go back to your previous one mm-hmm. if they had cell phones yeah how much how much different would that show be? 
I mean, that one had cell phones. So Veronica Mars, I think, is in the cell phone era fully. Okay, smartphones. Are... Let's go. Let's go to smartphones. Yeah, smartphones. Yeah, that, that let's definitely would have changed this. Let's... There is definitely a lot of going back to the office and and uh, getting on the computer uh, to check things out, which now would have just been done like while she was standing there. Yeah, like there's there's nothing that can date a television show faster than a smartphone, in my opinion, or not well, a smartphone, it... just any cell phone. Like yeah, TV it... shows. Oh, there was a hashtag oh. around a little while ago saying like move, ruin a movie or TV show with a cell phone. Like the existence <laughs> of cell phones actually makes this plot impossible. And it was a huge number of movies and TV shows were being added to this list of this hashtag. <laughs> but if you have a television show that doesn't have a cell, like set in a time period before cell phones, like you can, that can be almost any time. Like it, there, there's something special about having a t- television show without cell phones. It's, it's really funny. Like, and I know I'm a tech nerd, but nothing kills me more than to be watching a modern show and be like, why is he holding an iPhone four? That one, that's, that's not even five. It's not even the, in the past five years, like some prop guy just handed them the wrong phone. I'm like, that, that that's not the kind of phone that that person would be using. They're a millionaire. Why do they have a 10 year old phone? <laughs> so that's why my wife doesn't ever let me watch shows with her, by the way. The, the the technology nitpicking is what that's the line. Oh yeah, oh yeah, one hundred percent. She was watching a show about some uh, with with some photography stuff going on, and it d- decided to do the artistic of well, let's put the, all of the settings of the camera up on the screen and show them what the camera's seeing, kind of a thing. And I was like, those aren't the settings they're using for those. It wouldn't result <laughs> in that. And she's like, out of the room now. And that was about that was about it. I'm like, okay, I deserved that one. I deserved that one. <laughs> All right. Well, my last pick, and I have not picked any animation yet. And this one I've been saving uh, because I feel it is one of the best shows ever that has not gotten the reboot love that some of the other best shows ever have had. And this one, it might be a little bit before producer Andrew's time. So, but it's right up his wheelhouse if he ever watched it. So we'll see if I'm pandering or not. This comes from the Disney afternoon cartoon okay. block. You're safe it, so far. It is called dark wing duck. Oh, that is a great three pick. seasons. This is one of the oh. best shows ever. If only because of the theme song. You know, let's, let's, I'm not going to say, let's Savior. get dangerous. Yes. So that you can do it. Exactly. When there's trouble, you call DW. So anyway, this, this show, like, I don't know what else you need to say. Like it's ridiculous. The, the characters that they have, but there, there was something about old cartoons that reference, and I'm sure it's because it was all public domain. And so they, they were using, using things that they could not have to pay licensing fees for. But like some of the villains, they were just like parodies on public domain characters or even not public domain. They had one that was basically an Elvira knockoff. And like Megavolt is just Electro. Oh, right. right? Exactly. Like so. So this show, speaking of superhero deconstruction, this Mm -hmm. show, I think, was the original superhero deconstruction. What's the uh, is it uh, who's the Poison Ivy version? The the duck who now has plant powers. Um, Oh, yes. What's her name? His name. Let me Google that. Dr. Reginald Bushroot. Bushroot. That's what it was. Yeah. He's a botanist who becomes half plant, half duck (laughs) through one of his failed experiments. And he is one of the most recurring villains on the show. 
So there's a whole wiki about Darkwing Duck. Ran well, the, three the, seasons the, long. They do like the the reverse flash with a Negaduck. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like it's a dark version yes. of Darkwing Duck <laughs> with the yellow with the yellow suit. I I always they, thought he was the coolest they, villain. They invert the colors or something. Yeah. Yes. Oh, great show. Yeah. So, a- Andrew, was this one that you watched, or was this before your time? I. I have watched some Darkwing Duck, but my memories of it are not as solid as other memories. Okay, that doesn't matter. Go watch. Go watch it right <laughs> now. We'll wait for three seasons. You you can go do it right now. With, with Disney animation seasons, we might be talking about a hundred episodes with three seasons. <laughs> you, you never know what they're doing in the nineties. All right, so our final teams are uh, for Brandon Star Trek: The Original Series, Pushing Daisies, No Ordinary Family, Terra Nova. Forever, The Cape, and Darkwing Duck. And my team is Firefly, The Tick, Briscoe County Jr., Veronica Mars. I've got some strong names on here. <laughs> I just want to say. <laughs> Briscoe County Jr., Veronica Mars, Eli Stone. Like, just from a name. <laughs> for, for characters. They're nailed, names nailed and chins. Here. Strong names yeah. and strong chins. Uh, Rubicon and Gargoyles are, are my picks. <laughs> so, Andrew, you have to green light the entire slate of one of these. Who are you going to pick? That is, it, it is fairly tough. I'm going to go with Brandon Slate. Yes. And, and headlining it is the return of Pushing Daisies. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I can respect that. <laughs> you can't be mad about that one. I mean, it, nope. it was your pick after all. <laughs> it was. How did I do this to myself? I had the first <laughs> pick. <laughs> um, oh. Now, I will say. Joseph, I'm disappointed in all of your pandering and the fact that you mentioned the show. You did not actually pick Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Okay. I somehow I've in my head that's still getting a third season and it's not, isn't it? <laughs> it's no, it, it got two seasons and, and a Christmas movie on the Roku it, channel. You know what? In my head, there was just going to be more of it coming. So that's why. So, I didn't... so it, it didn't strike you as something yeah. to bring back. Or yeah, so I I thought about that one, but I've actually never seen it. It would have been one hundred percent pandering because I, you know, I, I listened to that episode, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but is that one was that one canceled because of COVID? Is that what killed that one? Um, I don't know if it was COVID in particular. Um, the second season was produced within COVID. Um, because there were a lot of shows that were not able to weather the restrictions so, from COVID. So it, so they, they made their second season um, as restrictions were lifting, like they started doing script readings, fully masked and everything and and doing isolation. Um, I'm so just going to guess that it had a higher reason, but it but it's expired budget because of the jukebox musical mm-hmm. that just licensing the musical music. numbers is immediately it's more expensive to make that show than anything else that was on the network. I mean, I mean, like it was through NBC, which NBC does have NBC Universal does have a lot of music readily available without paying additional royalties. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think they tended to lean on, on the music that they did have. Um, but then you also have dancers and yeah, and but, all but those I mean, they were employing, I think like every dancer in Toronto for some of these sequences, because <laughs> they had, they had like 90 people in some of these shots. Um, and so I think it I think it was expensive and I think they didn't have it. They definitely didn't have as strong a second season as their first season. Um, yeah, it's like actually, really... actually contrary to 
what you guys were talking about. I think their second season needed more of a season long through line. Through line. The first mm-hmm. season did have a, a good through line. And the second season did not have as strong of a through line. And if so, if they had a very clear like, OK, this is taking the place taking place over the course of several months. We need to have something that is significantly affecting these months of the characters lives. And the second season just didn't have as much of that. And I think in particular, it's because the first season had been so inflected by that, that it felt like it was part of the show, right? That that there is this an overarching narrative that's driving yeah. the framework. And that was removed at the end of season one. Yeah. And so I, I think some of it is like season two wasn't as strong. It felt a little disjointed. I the, the I think it's really because the creator kind of like did what he needed to do with season one like that was the thing that he felt most strongly about and then they got a season two and he's like oh um i've burned all of my like actual really deep emotions you know on this one shot that i had i feel like it would have been really good like contained as one season like here's our story and it would have been fine like i'm not angry that there's a season two but i i remember feeling like a lack of uh Focus revision for season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so so the end of season two ultimately isn't quite as satisfying. There's a couple of storylines that are introduced and dropped quickly in not a good way. Not not in the fun way. <laughs> just just like, just oh, like, we might do something with this. And, oh, no, never mind. I like, can't oh, figure it out. New new character, new actor. Oh, wait, uh, he's gone. OK. <laughs> um, But yeah, so I was surprised that Joseph didn't pick that. OK, so Andrew, if you were playing this game, that would have been on your list. Yeah, that was uh, I mean. When you explain the game, that's basically the only thing that I like heavily thought of mm. I was like, well, Zoe, and then I don't know. All right, Brandon, do you want to share any of the other ones that you had in your list as options? All right. So I had I, I had a lot of a lot of other options that I had uh, a couple notable ones. Like I said, I am a big Stargate fan. So Stargate Universe that one ended on a huge cliffhanger. And just as the show was getting good, the first two seasons were a little rough. But as it, st- as it started ending this season two, it just started getting good. And that was when the sci-fi channel was all like, you know what? We're going to do wrestling now. We're a wrestling channel. Um, Makes a lot of when sense they became Siffy. Identity. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that one, that one was one that I, that I was going to have on there. But I was like, oh, I got it. That's way, that's very much sci-fi for this docket. I was trying to diversify my docket a little bit. Almost Human was a car oh. urban futuristic cop show uh had a lot of i think it could be done now really well actually because it referenced ai stuff and and technology was set in the near future so they were able to uh, experiment with some of those concepts um a cartoon uh that was just you know it was just quirky cartoon called clone high uh Mm -hmm. there's not much to say about it just a fun quirky cartoon uh for life that's a, a one that did not make it through covid uh, it was based on a real world, a real story. Um, 50 Cent was actually the producer of that, uh, based on a guy who was sent to jail, basically, uh, basically for a long time. I think it was at least a decade uh, for reasons that were not actually true. The cops just, uh, they were proven to be wrong. Um, and it was just a good show. And they, like I said, COVID, COVID got to them. So uh, that was good. Journeyman. This was a fun one. It was about a reporter who would get thrown back in time. And uh, time travel is obviously a thing with me, I guess. 
Um, I mean, I, I didn't hear this one. I didn't know this one at all. But as soon as you said the premise, like, I'm in. I want to know about this one. <laughs> Keep going. And so he, he gets thrown back in time and then gets put into the lives of uh, put into the lives of people who he needs to help in the future, basically. And so it's kind of like Quantum Leap meets. And, do you remember uh, Fast early edition? or Flash Forward? Or early edition. That's right. Early edition. Mm-hmm. Flash Forward was another one on my list. But early edition. It's kind of like Quantum Leap meets uh, early edition. Mm-hmm. So... That was that was just kind of a fun story there. And I checked early edition had five seasons, I think. Yeah, so. yeah, and I, I looked at that one too because I always think or, I always think that Journeyman's uh, name of the show is I, I always go to early edition first because that was a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, another superhero show, a comic book show that doesn't get a lot of love or attention, Human Target. Oh uh, yeah, I remember that one. That one had the actually had the cop from Pushing from, Daisies in it too. That's exactly why I watched it. Actually, is because it had the cop <laughs> from Pushing Daisies. Uh, uh, a TV show based off of the movie Limitless. Uh, that one was pretty fun. Uh, just a guy who takes a pill who can unlock like all of his brain and then all of a sudden can do all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, turned into a police procedural essentially. Um, uh, Moonlight, a vampire love story. Uh, uh, someone from uh, Veronica Mars in that one. I yeah, I, uh, I think so. Like I said, didn't watch Veronica Mars, so mm-hmm. it was hard. It was hard. Uh, but yeah, Alex O'Loughlin was the vampire, and I uh, fell in love with uh, Sophia Miles, who played Beth Turner. Uh, I've got Agent Carter, but I after I made the argument about staying off of the mouse's radar. I thought, well, I can't, I can't really talk about Agent Carter. Obviously, like Daredevil and stuff like that. There's, they're still clamoring for that. Uh, I almost went with this one for my last one, but I, I wanted to pander a little bit more with Better Off Ted. Oh, I had that on my list as an option. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was just a fun show. I'm looking at my list though. Most of these shows were canceled in around 2007 and eight, or 2011. And part of me wants, part of me wonders how much the writer strike had to do with that was pushing days. Those didn't mm-hmm. did that one. Those cancellations, yeah. So those those were eras of good shows that could have done more. But I have a feeling there was writer strike issues and things like that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah, Eli Stone, I think, was around that. Time. No, maybe it was a little after. But yeah, it's uh, it was. It's a rough stretch <laughs> there for short-lived shows that were beloved, I think. Um, let's see, some other ones. More just because, not because of my familiarity with them, but just because you can't look at a list without seeing it. Freaks and Geeks is on there. I never have seen Freaks and Geeks, but it is near the top of everyone's list of shows that were canceled too soon. Um, also, Andy Richter Controls the Universe. I remember seeing a few episodes of this and enjoying it, but didn't watch more, and then it was canceled, so I never have circled back uh, to, to watch that one. Uh, I had better off Ted on my list. Um, I had the grinder. It sounds like we may need to do a recast on that. <laughs> if it were to come back, <laughs> some recent news um, <laughs> and uh, sports night. That was, was the other the, one. Um, that was the, the Rob Lowe, right? Yeah. No, he's not the reason we'd have to do a recast. No, no <laughs> but the, but, but that, I was like trying to make sure I was like, it's not the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Where uh, Rob Lowe is from a family of lawyers, but he went to Hollywood and played a lawyer on a TV show called the grinder. Uh, but he's been f- fired from the grinder and is back home in Idaho. Um, and trying to keep giving advice to his, his brother, who's now the the main lawyer for the family based on his TV show experience. And his brother is an actual lawyer. 
Uh, I thought that was a very funny sitcom. Uh, and then uh, Sports Night uh, was the other one that I had a uh, two season run for, uh, for that uh, Aaron Sorkin before West Wing series. Well, oh, before slash overlapping with West Wing series. All right. Uh, any final thoughts on beloved shows that are gone too soon? I just have to say, like, Joe and I, you you and I came up with the idea for this show, and within, like, 24 hours, we are we have a, our lists made and are recorded. There are so many canceled <laughs> shows that people just love out there. It is so easy to be like, oh, especially now with the advent of streaming services, to be like, oh, there's, there's one that I missed. Um, it's hard to circle back to them because there's just so much being released now, but there's some real gems out there. And just the fact oh. that we both were able to build these lists and for the most part with some very uh, notable exceptions uh our lists were very different mm-hmm. and and with streaming there are so many shows getting made that just don't bubble up to the surface right like they don't get pushed by the algorithm or the algorithm doesn't like catch them with the right number of viewers and so they don't bubble up like i remember stranger things I don't think was a heavy push from Netflix until it like they realized that people were binging it completely. And then it got pushed forward. Like I, it, like they hadn't advertised for it before it started. Mm-hmm. And so some That's stuff the- just like gets, gets caught into the system and some stuff just never hits it. I think that's the main difference between, and, and that may be why like the 2007 to 2011 time frame, there were a lot of these shows that were canceled is because modern sensibilities were starting to get through. People were wanting shows that did these through lines and things like that. But it was hard because it was still broadcast television. Now, all of a sudden you don't have time slots to fill uh, and you can take a bet on things. And Netflix doesn't need to have everybody watch the exact same show. It helps. It helps a lot. But if they're like, okay, we need this demographic what show does this demographic watch? They're able to, they're able to have that data, which is something broadcast television has never had. I mean, broadcast television has Nielsen, but those that's semi self-reported. And so it's, it's not great data where Netflix can be like, they watch this for 27 minutes and 13 seconds. And then they switched to this. So that they didn't like that. So it's the, Big data in the streaming services, I think, is changing television a lot because we're getting a lot more niche shows now. I would just say one of the great joys of my life is I uh, was randomly selected to self-report my viewing for Nielsen one time. And uh, I I was so pleased <laughs> to be a part of the Nielsen <laughs> rating system. My show will not be canceled. <laughs> I will change it with my one voice right here. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. Uh, just looking through these, I also want to acknowledge Brandon and I were similar ages and there's a heavy uh, late 90s through early 2000s bent (laughs) towards a lot of our selections. So listeners, please feel free to share uh, other shows that we missed from earlier eras or even more recent ones. Um, Andrew mentioned uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and I made reference in passing to uh, Netflix just destroying so many people's hopes and dreams <laughs> for future seasons of their shows very recently. Uh, so if there's other shows that you think should have been included on this list, feel free to uh, comment for us. Uh, Listen, Dan, just feel free. Like I know there was, I know that you were out there yelling at the pot. You guys, I can't believe this wasn't on your list. I want to hear about that. Tag me in the post when you, wherever you post it, whenever you post it, 
because I, th- these are the things that I love. I, I have said many times, my favorite fandom is fandom and one season wonders seem to be like some of the places where you can get the best, most pure fandoms where people are like, I loved the show. It was only one or two seasons. They needed more. And just the pure love of it. I, I, I want to see these shows. I want to see what people like. Yeah, and uh, it also is, I mean, we recently released an episode where we talked with uh, Kirsta about um, the popular, in popular culture, and how to find things that aren't bubbling up. Uh, I mean, all these shows that are one or two or three seasons probably never had that breakthrough, uh, you know, of becoming the huge hits. But as Brandon was saying, there's good quality storytelling happening in them. (laughs) And so it's probably worth it going and checking them out, uh, even if it is only one season uh or 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 two two or three seasons uh you know with parameters what we played it with in our game so thank you brandon for uh very quickly (laughs) coming on the the podcast after we had the idea for this particular episode um it was less than 24 hours from conception to recording (laughs) for this my pleasure this was a blast this is this was a lot of fun and andrew uh thank you for your uh judging even if i of course cannot possibly agree with the outcome (laughs) that that happened except he did have pushing daisies. So I get it. Uh, that is going to wrap up this episode. Thank you listeners for joining us for show notes and links to all the other great dueling genre shows. You can go to duelinggenre.com. Also, please subscribe to the protagonist podcast in your podcast app of choice. That really helps us out. Uh, and we'd like to thank Scott Tofty who composed our theme music. Brandon, do you have anything you would like to plug right now? You know, uh, I am in between projects right now and some of the projects I'm doing aren't necessarily this crowd. I'm starting a podcast. I'm announcing it here. I'll announce it here. Starting a podcast called Crazy Podcast Money, where I take podcasts and I say, hey, you could do this to monetize your show. Uh, Just because that's something I do in my professional life a lot with podcasters. So crazypodcastmoney.com. But like I said, just tag me in wherever you post uh, to protagonist. You missed this. Uh, My socials are... Uh, overgrown Asian, the overgrown Asian, or just my name on Facebook because that's how it does it. And my dad stole my overgrown Asian on on uh, Instagram. So just saying, like I want I want to see these. That's what that that's what my plug is. Seriously, tag me, people, tag me. Let me know. All right. Well, thank you again, Brandon, and thank you, listeners. We'll be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story. So long. Yeah, this was uh, this was funny. Like I, I was like, Joe, what about this, this, or this? And he was like, Yes, this. Can you record this week? And we came up with the rules like at midnight. It was like, Okay, we can do this, but we can't do this. And we have to do this. Yeah.